Hey guys, it's Keon, and before we get to the interview with Alistair Overeem, I want to give a shout out to the undisputed members of my Patreon. They get the extra perk of a shout out before each video, but even the intro members get early access and video to the Keon Kamara podcast. And as always, the money goes to charity. This month, it was donated to the Ronald McDonald House charity in Toronto, and what they do is provide a home for families with seriously ill children who are undergoing treatment. This is a charity that me and the members have donated to many times, and I'm happy because it's a charity that many say positive things about. So once again, thank you to all the members of my Patreon for making this possible. And if you want to donate, all the info will be down below. Now let's get to it. Good morning or afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon, man. It's finally nice to talk to you, man. How are you doing? Yeah, good. All is good. Camp is wrapped up. We're going to head to Vegas tomorrow. So just uh, packing up today, actually. Relaxing and packing up. Perfect. Okay, well, basically I have 10 questions for my subscribers. I have 10 best questions that they ask you and I'm going to ask you them now and you answer them to the best of your ability. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's do it. All right. Question number one is from Ryan Redfern. He asks, what made you start MMA? I was young at the time. I was like 12, 13 years old. Actually, it was it was a combination of factors. But um, initially, you know, growing up, I already loved Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, the WWE stuff. I had no idea it was fake. But there was always that, that wrestling athletic thing going on, right? Like fighting and dominating. Then was, when I was like 12, 13, my brother took me to the gym. And it was not a choice. He said, you need to learn to defend yourself. You need to have more discipline discipline so you're coming with me so he made me come to the gym and uh like two times a week three times a week and i didn't like it at all because it's like yeah i was like little skinny guy and all these big guys you know in the beginning it, it's a little bit scary it was in amsterdam that's like a little bit far from our, from from our home but then yeah in time a year on or a year half on i start to like it i start to get better at it i start to kick other people's ass and uh, so that's a little bit of what got me started but there's another thing at that time i also had some 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 really um jobs. I did uh, conveyor belt work a couple of days and I really hated it. I really just hated working period. And then on the other hand, I had my older brother to look up to because he was kind of like training, fighting, had his own money, had his own car, had his own house, very kind of independent, free lifestyle. So I had him to look up to. And then the regular life, the working nine to five that I really looked down to. So I just kind of followed in his footsteps. He also made me, kind of. Yeah, and here we are, 28 years later. Let's move on to the next question. It's from uh, Lucas Dubro, and he asks, what was Pride like backstage? How was your relationship with other fighters, the press, and are there any funny stories that you have? Plenty of uh, funny stories. It was such a different time back then. Pride was a a beautiful show, right? Beautiful um, stage, beautiful entrances. Uh, Fans were crazy uh, awesome. Yeah, I was kind of okay with all the fighters. The Brazilians, not as much. They were kind of, they kind of kept to themselves. Their English was not all that great. They spoke Portuguese. They kind of kept a lot of their stuff. They kept it uh, out of our sight. They kept the secret, uh, you know, the BGJ stuff. With the Americans, we got along very well. And it was clicks, right? Yeah, the Europeans were kind of clicked together, even though there were differences there. There were Americans. Uh, Americans were kind of good with everybody. There were the Japanese who were kind of also a little bit to themselves because their English is not all that good. It was definitely a different time. Is there anything you miss about Japan? I miss the fans and the food. Amazing, awesome food, awesome fans. Very shy, right? They're, they're crazy about you, but they, they they approach you in a very humble way. So it's, it's just kind of funny. It's kind of a unique, unique experience. Imagine I, my career was there 11 years, 1990 to 2010, when I won the final. So that's like 11 years, 11 and a half years. And I had more than over 70 trips to Japan. So it's like been a crazy, uh, crazy experience. Uh, we'll move 
move on to the next question. It's from Mike Hilton, and he asks, who earned the most respect from you during a fight? Did you ever make a friend because of a fight? Made a couple of friends. The biggest one, I think, that comes to bear is uh, Sergey Karatanov. We fought twice. I got him in the first fight uh, that was in uh, 2006, and uh, then he got me back in the rematch 2007, a year later. Afterwards, we became, we, we became friends. We, we He joined Team Golden Glory. We trained in, in uh, Breda. He came over, and uh, even now, we're still friends. We see each other like once a year he comes to Thailand and we just hang out in Thailand and uh, yeah very cool very very friendly he was such a scary dude back in Pride but now that I know him he's such a friendly giant right so it's kind of funny the next question is from uh, Gizmos uh, Gizmos asks what do you think is the highlight of your career well I've had uh, in my opinion several highlights the strike force uh, title defenses and the and, the, and the, the, the tournament the Grand Prix was a highlight because I became champion there right and it just elevated my career I cannot forget the K1 of course that was crucial different audience top names i'm beating them ultimately culminating in the in the in the grand prix 2010 uh, title i still very proudly uh, have that belt we cannot forget the fight that got me into the k1 the Badahari fight right that was 2008 the dynamite show that i came in as a massive underdog and uh yeah we were actually gonna do two fights somehow he agreed to do another mma fight but i kind of already knew this guy never trained mma this gonna be both he's never gonna do that MMA fight. he's just trying to lure me in so I'm gonna knock him out in this K1 fight and we don't have to do the um, the rematch so that was kind of that got me into the K1 cannot forget the Brock Lesnar fight right the UFC debut explosive debut first round KO Brock being a huge name in the States so Igor Vofchenshin and Peter Belfort two of my childhood uh, heroes that I both fought and both beat in the Pride uh, Lightweight Grand Prix Verdum had a really good rivalry with, with him we really uh, dislike each other R respect is there but we dislike each other and then when you when you beat it because I went two and one in it with him so that third fight was it right and even the second fight so the first fight was in pride he beat me I was not fit going into that fight I was pissed about that result because I was not fit but I knew I was better on the meantime Verdum had a good ride he was beating guys and then the rematch came about in strike force and what happens three weeks before the fight or four weeks before the fight actually I broke I break my foot I break a bone like a toe I have to call off the rematch and I'm like no I don't want to call off the rematch and it's also to the Grand Prix, right? So it's like there's a lot of stake. He was talking a lot of smack. I kind of was creative. I duct taped my tape. I put on a wrestling shoe. I could. I switched my running into swimming. I kind of adapted the training uh, massively, and I kind of got ready for the fight. In the fight, I beat him on decision. He was he was tough though. He was in shape. He just came from from the Fedor win, so his, his market value was huge. His confidence was huge, skyrocketing. But I got him back on decision, and then we went into the final fight, right in UFC. And in, in the meantime, he had already become UFC champ. So that was kind of like a heated rival. I'm, I'm sure he shares the same thoughts. We cannot forget Mark Hunt, the other K1 champ. I uh, KO'd him and I uh, submitted him. So that was uh, pretty uh, pretty good, I think. Hard, tough puncher. Getting a little bit older now, but back then he was still dangerous, right? Let's move on to the next question. It's from uh, Decoy Octopus. And they ask, uh, which fighter do you wish you fought but never did? Uh, well, I was really gunning for the Fedor fight in 2009 and 2010. Both years he declined to fight me. And uh, without a real clear reason, even though I was strike for champion. I was open to fighting Fedor and he didn't want to fight me so that was like a little bit weird and that kind of actually pushed me also uh, again towards the K1 because okay I'll, then I'll go into that for a challenge yeah and then that fight never materialized Jonathan Johnny he asks if you could go back in time what would you have done differently in your training and MMA career? I was always looking to improve my game, improve fight IQ you know how fast can you grow, how fast can you get more intelligent so with that being said I wouldn't change a thing because I always had that mindset I can look at, at, at at my 
careers, the, the weaker moments, it was always due to lack of growth, lack of learning. And then once I switched that back on to maximum, then the, 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 the wins came back. I wouldn't change a thing. I would just remind myself, listen, keep going, keep learning, keep creative and keep grinding. Chester Pang asks, any active fighters that you would enjoy watching? And it can be from any combat sport. Well, I'm a really a fan of UFC, which I wasn't really when I signed with the UFC, but I became a fan. I think the promotion is awesome. I think the fighters in all these different weight classes are just awesome. I learn looking at them, right? Uh, and then I'm talking about uh, a Conor McGregor, a Dillashaw, a Tony Ferguson, uh, Justin Gaethje. All these guys are just awesome. And even in the heavyweight division, yeah, Stephen Miocic is awesome. Uh, Francis Ngannou is awesome. All these guys, you know, even the girls, Joanna Joancic, Rose Namajunas. So a lot of respect to all these great athletes and I enjoy watching. I became a fan because of that. Eggman70, he actually says, I'm a medical student from Sudan and for the longest time I've been struggling with my willpower and motivation. I feel like Overeem is on another level in terms of dedication and I would love to hear his tips on how I could stay motivated and dedicated to improve my life. Life is sometimes tough, right? I mean, we all have that. I think the things that I do is, I try to always look at the positive side of things. The glass is always half full. So that's one thing. I always try to make it nice for myself. So you have to take care of yourself, right? You have to keep your house clean. You have to make sure your car is nice and washed. And you know, you have to make your, your, your life nice. People can't take that away from you. You're doing that yourself. So the glass half full, you take care of yourself and your life and your loved ones, right? You you find good people, you take care of them, they're gonna take care of you. And I think if you combine those three things and you keep working hard and creatively, you will end up always fine. Morbius asks, when you retire from MMA, how would you like to be remembered by the fans? You know, I never really fought for fans. I just always fought for myself. I like to do it. I like the adventure. I like trips to Japan. Now I'm living in the States. I'm traveling all over the world. Yeah, you have to do it because you want to do it, right? So I always did it for me. And how do you want to be remembered? Yeah, you know, I don't want to be rude, but I don't really give a damn. I'm just living my best life and I'm enjoying it, trying to stay, trying to stay in one piece and uh, yeah, what other people think of that, that's up to them to decide. With all due respect. Alistair, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it so much. I wish you all the best. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate your work and uh, yeah, I'll see you around, man. I'll see you online. Peace.